Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. This is episode 47, and I am your host, Michael, and I am joined, as always, with my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good. We are going to be talking about what I think is our new most anticipated game of the year today, and I just cannot wait to get into it. Plus, we got a pretty fun main topic, I think. Yeah, we actually got a pretty fun episode coming up. Uh, so let's go ahead and see what's on the docket for today. Teglin has shown off some concept art for the upcoming open world fantasy RPG. Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to Xbox next month. We'll talk about previews for Dead Island 2 and what developer Dan Buster Studios had to say regarding the game being in development hell. And in our main topic, well, when it comes to that, Taylor, why don't you take this one away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit, and if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should always take any unofficial stories we cover with a grain of salt and treat them as unconfirmed rumors slash reports until they are officially said otherwise. And with that out of the way, let's get into our main topic. So, every week, I scan through a bunch of gaming news sites, including the Nerdstash, to find out what's trending this week in the world of gaming, or things I think you and I would be interested in talking about, and getting a fun conversation out of as well. Um, And sometimes we find stories that are both. I found an article from Game Rant, talking about how Red Dead Redemption 2 has a lot of unsolved mysteries, and that gave me the idea for a fun main topic this week that's not related to the slap fight that is the ongoing Xbox, Sony, Activision, Blizzard drama, because, Michael, I refuse to talk about this story any further. I can't do it. I know something happened this week. I I don't think I have the energy to fully get into it. So we're going to avoid it. To be honest, I, I <laughs> when the news came up, I wanted to message you and be like, hey, Taylor, guess what? We're going to talk about this week. But <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I knew, yeah. uh, maybe in a yeah. few weeks, we'll get back right around to it. But for I right mean, now, will. I cannot stand to hear another story about Microsoft and Sony adding like 10-year-olds. So uh, we're just going to be talking about uh, what are the coolest mysteries in video games. I'm talking about the solved or unsolved mysteries and easter eggs in gaming history. So, Michael, do you want to kick this off or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, well, let's, that, I, I'm interested in seeing what you have to say because we are usually kind of split on certain things, but I think when it comes to mysteries and video games, there's no real right or wrong answer for these kind of things. It really is just an opinion. So I'd like to hear what you think of uh, the coolest mysteries in video games. I would say the first one I want to bring up is the topic of the Game Rant article that we're using kind of as inspiration for this main topic. That's Red Dead Redemption 2 for me. That game is filled with really cool Easter eggs and mysteries that are either solved or still have yet to be solved. And probably the most interesting one to me is The Strange Man. Do you know about The Strange Man? I, I do not. Unfortunately, I'm not really big into Red Dead. Okay, so in Red Dead Redemption... It follows the story of John Marston, an outlaw who's done a lot of horrible things, and he's basically trying to take down his former gang members and, in the process, I guess, kind of redeem himself. I don't know. Red Dead Redemption 2 is way better of a redemption story, I think, than Red Dead 1, even though I love Red Dead 1's story. But besides the point, during Red Dead Redemption 1, John Marston comes across this man in a suit, 
and he starts talking about like how he knows him from somewhere and the strange man just basically gives John two choices basically like hey there's this person who's about to cheat on his wife you can either go stop this man from cheating on his wife or you can let him do it and basically it's like he gets three choices throughout the game like do you help this person or do you let them commit a sin or do something horrible and then by the end of it, John sees the man again by his house. John tries to shoot him. Nothing happens to him. And he just walks off. So it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Is he like the Grim Reaper? Is he like God, the devil? Like, what's the deal with him? It was a mystery pretty much not solved in Red Dead Redemption 1. Red Dead Redemption 2 kind of takes that. The strange man isn't actually really in Red Dead Redemption 2. But you could find his house in the middle of the swamp in St. Denis. And there's a bunch of, like, really creepy shit in there. A lot of stuff that, like, uh, alludes to Arthur's journey in Red Dead Redemption 2 from the beginning of it to the end. And there's, like, a painting in the middle of it to where is that. I think it's, if you get 100% completion, the painting will be completed. And in the mirror that's right beside the painting, the strange man will appear behind you. And if you turn around, he's gone. And I think just this whole thing Rockstar created with this guy and who he is, like, what is he exactly, is so damn interesting. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I should have gone first, because yours is way more interesting. Mine is, like, super basic. I didn't know Red Dead had a mystery history like that. Oh, no, it does. Like, there's there's a random house in Van Horn that has, like, a weird mad scientist experiment in it. Like, there's just a guy crucified on a wall with, like, a... I think it's like a bear head or something like attached to him. And there's no context for it. There's nobody there. It's an abandoned fucking house. And then there's uh, this call, this town called Pleasance that all the townspeople are dead. It was founded years before the game, I think, takes place. You don't know what happens to the townspeople. There's like a lot of theories that they killed each other or people started getting sick. It was a zombie virus, all that stuff. And then by this town of Pleasance, there's also a big-ass dead snake hanging in the tree. So the game is littered with all sorts of cool mysteries. If you're somebody who is interested in that kind of stuff, Red Dead Redemption 2 is littered with it. Which is also the case for Rockstar games. You had GTA 5 and the Mount Chiliad thing. GTA 4 with Bigfoot and uh, Leatherface. San Andreas. Yeah. I'm sorry, GTA San Andreas with Bigfoot and Leatherface. GTA 4 had, uh, what was it? It was, I forgot. GTA 4 had something. That was a pretty good mystery. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, uh, deal with video game mysteries like that because I, I was never really good at Easter egg hunts. Uh, but some of my favorite, uh, this one in Call of Duty, I forget which one, but, uh, if you find these messages and you go through these wild sequences where you have to find an unlock code and then you have to shoot certain areas in the, I think it was Black Ops. Uh, you have to shoot certain areas to uh, unveil codes and then use the codes to unlock a giant teddy bear that comes crashing from the sky and it disappears. So, uh, no, 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 it doesn't disappear. It gets shot down. These jets come in and they shoot down the giant teddy bear. I don't, I don't, and I don't know why I like that so much, but I think it's kind of funny that you go through all that work just for this giant teddy bear to come crashing down and then these jets come out of nowhere 
and fire upon it. And the best part is it happens during multiplayer. Like it's not a single player thing. Like you have to do it during multiplayer. So it's like you're running around doing an Easter egg hunt while trying to avoid getting shot at. I don't know if it resets if you die, but I do know there's a certain map where you can unlock the giant teddy bear. Didn't Battlefield 4 have something similar to that? Battlefield has a thing with the they have a tiny gun. That the the, the no no. Tiny. I think this one was like on one of the maps. I think there was a hurricane taking place at the same time. Something could happen, and like a massive megalodon shark or some huge uh, fish would like jump out of the water for a moment. Really? They, they did a sharknado. I don't think it was a sharknado, but it was just one of those things. Uh, I was like, oh shit, that could spawn, kind of thing. Huh? If something happens on the map. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, like yeah, that's that's the kind of stupid crap that I kind of like, uh, and stuff like, like in uh, the old school, I think uh, Doom, where you could find people's uh, head, uh, uh, Romero's head. Um, geez, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas with the jetpack. If you get to the top of the bridge, yeah, I remember that one. Isn't that <laughs> one like when you're going up to? It's telling you there's nothing up there. Stop there's nothing going. up there. Yeah, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then when you reach the top, like yeah. Like, you're not even supposed to be here. Uh, like, stupid stuff like that is kind of stuff that I enjoy. But I don't really go looking for them myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the things, like, people... There are people out there who just absolutely go hunting for these things. And, man, I I am impressed whenever they find stuff. Because I'm just like, bro, what made you think about doing that? Like, uh, Call of Duty Zombies is filled with that kind of... With those kind of Easter eggs. And I'm just like... You guys have to go through a lot just to unlock these Easter eggs. And what made you even start looking for the stuff in the first place? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, there's whole communities out there who are just set to finding Easter eggs in video games. And I am super impressed by that kind of stuff. Now, are you one of those people who just aren't interested as much in those kind of, like what I was talking about with the Strange Fan thing, in those kind of mysteries? Like, are you just not that interested? Or are you not really as interested in doing it yourself and instead watching YouTube videos and going down the rabbit hole of, oh shit, this game is loaded with cool Easter eggs and mysteries. So for me, it's more of just accidentally coming by them. Uh, like like on social media and on YouTube, yeah, when it comes up, it's like, oh, top five Easter eggs or something. Like, oh, okay, sure, I'll take a look. I, rem- I, I, I noticed this game. I played this game before. And you know, kind of see like with the uh, Call of Duty because I didn't play Black Ops because I don't I wasn't really a Black Ops fan, and you know, seeing that kind of stuff, it's like okay, that's actually kind of funny. Uh, I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't even waste my even if I knew about it. I wouldn't waste my time trying to find them. Uh, so yeah, I'm more of the uh, wait for everybody else to find them for me kind of guy. Like I, I I will bask in your glory that you that you spent so much time to find this. And yeah, again, it's impressive to me. But yeah, I'm I I'm just not that invested in Easter eggs. But if they pop up, I'm like, okay, I'll watch the video of somebody taking the time to unlock it because you know, hey, you went through all that mess. Oh, I'm I'm willing to watch it. But yeah, I'm not I'm not uh I'm not really into finding it myself. See, I'm kind of the opposite to where I'm not sure I'd like always go out to do the Easter egg or check out the mystery for myself. But for something, the example you gave, Call of Duty Zombies, I love those Easter eggs. They're awesome. 
Now, some of them are so much worse than others and way too overcomplicated to the point to where it'll just Treyarch going. <laughs> we got to one-up ourselves here when you're just like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, Treyarch. Come on now. What are we doing? Uh, but I think I think they're doing that just to like haze or, or like just to test out the audience. But like, how far are you willing to go? Like, How, how can we stop the audience here? Yeah. Because the, yeah, the like, zombie community are very bright when it comes to, you know, solving these Easter eggs. They are just problem solvers in the gaming community. So I will give them credit there. But at the same time, I do kind of agree. Like, it does feel like Treyarch is kind of like, yeah, we got to stop these guys. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, it just seems like it's one of those things where they're in on the joke. So they're like, what's the dumbest thing we can do? Uh, let's have them go through all these sequences to find secret codes and what do they unlock? Giant teddy bear. Why? Just to mess with you. Is it part of the main Easter egg? Nah. It's just, it's a side one. Yeah, it's just so. messing people. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, or when Grand Theft Auto, where they know that people are going to use the jetpack to go in places they know they're not supposed to. It's like, yeah, it's not difficult, but, you know, if you get there, you know, this is your silly little reward. Yeah, see... Again, I'm one of those people, I love those Call of Duty Zombies Easter eggs. I'll go do them myself. I love figuring it out myself sometimes, too, without looking up beforehand. But stuff like the Red Dead Mysteries and the Gaming Mysteries as a whole, because there's some that I find very interesting that we haven't really talked about. Like, Super Mario Galaxy has people watching over Mario at a certain level. I think they're called, like, the Shadow Hell people, or that's what they've been named by gamers, and it's kind of like... It is kind of creepy. Like, you just look up and these creatures are just staring down at you. Just really eerie. But uh, there's that. There's apparently a ghost in a Pokemon game. I, I did a little bit of research. By the way, just shout out the game ranks because I listened to a few videos from them. But what I'll usually do, fun. especially with, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 and games like that, are they're loaded with Easter eggs and stuff. Whenever I see one YouTube video on it, and I'm like, oh man, that's cool, I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I will spend hours learning about all sorts of like crazy shit that the developers put in. Like It is so detailed, and going into the lore of all these things. Like, there's so much, man. But are you ready to get into our other stories of the week? Yes. Um, here's something that I've always talked about that I despised, but you know, it takes a little more lenient by it than I am. Techland shows off concept art for the developer's upcoming fantasy RPG. On Twitter, Techland showed off some concept art for their upcoming fantasy RPG, and here's what they said in the post attached to the concept art. Quote, We never stop improving. Our newest game is set to be a narrative-driven fantasy epic with an exotic open world ready to be explored. We strive to create a compelling story-focused AAA title that combines and refines the best aspects of gameplay that Techland is known for, end quote. I think we talked about Techland making this game before, and I know there's not too much to dive into from this one piece of concept art, but how are we feeling about Techland going from the Dying Light franchise in the zombie genre, in the zombie genre to the fantasy genre? Taylor, you're a lot more lenient about concept arts and their, and, their, and their prospects than me. What do you think? I think I just look at concept art like the thing to hold people over. Or just like a reminder to be like, oh, yeah, we're still working on this thing. 
We don't have anything real to show just yet. This is the most real thing, which is uh, this beautiful piece of concept art, which it is a beautiful piece of concept art. Uh, so I, I don't look at it with too much weight behind it. I think that's why I'm far more lenient on it. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm excited to see what Techland has here because I did enjoy Dying Light and Dying Light 2. I do think there's a lot of things Techland can improve upon, including, and I just want to be very, very clear about this, including the story of their games because I have not really cared about the stories in their games. They don't care so, about the stories in their games. That's, I don't, I think they do, but <laughs> no, they I see do. what I'm you just, mean just, by that. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. I know. I think they do, but I know where you're coming from. So that's what I really want them to improve. Because that kind of genre, I think you got to have not even a good story. I think you just have to have something that people are intrigued in. All right. Yeah, as for me, um, just like I've said before, I don't care for concept arts uh mass effect andromeda one of the things they kept doing was kept showing concept art like we're working on the next mass effect here's some more concept art and then we finally saw the game it wasn't really that impressive battlefield 2042 we're working on this brand new battlefields a whole new thing new engine yada 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 uh, what we saw was a bunch of concept art what did we get in the final game uh a bunch of Hero shooter, hero shooter, s uh, characters that nobody liked, nobody cared for. That they changed uh, about a season or so ago, and maps that nobody cared for, and gameplay that wasn't really there. And in fact, they're still showing concept art for the next on uh, the next Mass Effect game, and even uh, uh, what's 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 their what's that their RPG Dragon Dragon Age. Uh, they've been showing concept art for Dragon Age. We've seen nothing from that game. So, you know, I'm not really keen on concept arts. And from what they showed in this one piece, okay, you made a pretty landscape. That's that's cool. Like, it doesn't show me anything about it being a fantasy game. Like, show me some creatures. Show me the character using powers or something. Like, like tease something like that. Like, hey, we're, 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 we're going to show you a couple of the weapons that we're Think about throwing into the game or showing the character using their abilities on mysterious monsters that looks really strange that you've never seen before and have you thinking, what in the world is that? What can it do? How often am I going to fight this thing? Is that a boss? Is it a mini boss? Is it just a regular enemy? Oh my goodness, the, the possibilities are endless. Instead, most of these concept art is just, look how pretty the landscape is. It looks nice in art, but you know that art style doesn't always transfer over to the final product. It doesn't, but again, I think you're putting too much on, and it's just my opinion on it, I, I think you're putting a well, little yeah. bit too much like on concept art there to where, again, the way I'm kind of looking at it a little bit is it's just something to remind, it's something to throw out to people being like, hey, just remember people are working on a fancy RPG to kind of get the conversation worked back up. Yeah, and for me, I see that, and I think the game is far off. Like, like if, if that you're I agree with. Show, yeah, like, 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 I'm not gonna get excited because if you're showing me just concept art, that means your game is far off. If you can't show me, uh, not even gameplay, just like something from the game, anything like a, a like a teaser trailer or something with the voice actors or something. Like, okay, this is what the character's gonna sound like. This is their personality. Like, give me something like that. 
okay, fine. I like, okay, I might get interested in your game, but if you're showing me concept art that just says we haven't nailed down uh, the look and feel of the game yet, but here, here's a here's a pretty picture. It's like, ah, not good enough for me. Or they might have everything like a general idea of what's going to go down, what they plan to implement and everything, but not something that's presentable just yet. So yeah. I get where you're coming from when you're like, yeah, usually that with concept art, you understand the point of it just being a tease, but you seeing that, you automatically go, shit, we're not going to see anything substantial for a little while. And I yeah. see why you're disappointed by that. So I, I get you there. Before we move on, though, I gotta ask because you are somebody who's not a, as big of a fan as Techland of Techland as I am. How are you feeling about Techland making an open world fantasy RPG? Because it is different than what they've done with Dying Light and Dying Light Two. Good. I'm I'm always down for uh, developers doing something new and different from from what they're known for. Uh, this is one of the things that I really liked about uh, Naughty Dog. You know, he's like. You're like, oh, we know them for like their goofy platformers, and all of a sudden it's like, no, nah, we're gonna do something completely different. Just The Last of Us, and you're like, oh, snaps, never mind. Like, you guys complete that's a complete turn from like doing Crash and Jack and Dexter and whatnot to <laughs> to full blown zombie apocalypse, full story, uh, mature storytelling, or when Insomniac went from silly cartoonish Saturday morning uh Ratchet and Clank to Resistance Fall of Man to over to uh not Overwatch but to uh Sunset Overdrive. It's like okay the the you can tell they're using stuff that they've learned and they're making new IPs and they're trying different things and I'm loving it. And so like I, I always enjoy when developers do a complete turn and it's like you know it's for zombies but you know about us about our love for fantasy rpgs like okay well an rpg is vastly different well not vastly different because they did rpgs elements in dying light uh so you know maybe they've learned a few things from that to where they can build an actual rpg uh, so I, I i like seeing uh, developers take their skills into different genres and trying different things yeah i agree I'm very curious to see what they're going to be doing here. I talked about I hope they do better with the story. I wonder what exactly if they're going to take anything from the Dying Light gameplay loop or anything from that, or is it going to be completely different? Like, is it going to be third person? Or how exactly are you going to build your character? Stuff like that I'm very curious about. And you're right, too. Like, sometimes developers will change their genre, and it actually might work out way better for them. Like, this may end up being what Techland is better at. Oh man, you think if this is a hit, they're going to leave Dying Light behind? Dying Light still it's still a very successful franchise, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. Dying Light 2 may have hurt that a bit. I don't I don't think anybody hated Dying Light 2. But I think a lot of the responses around Dying Light 2 were meh, huh. to say the least there. I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Well, I'm just saying the responses to it. The general reception seems to be like, it was okay. When the first one came out, I don't know if you remember, but it was a lot of, damn, this game's uh, very good. Yeah, surprisingly. Like it. Yeah. yeah. I know you weren't the biggest fan, but I'm just saying in terms of general reception. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was impressed with it, don't get me wrong. Like, 
the the way the game did this open world, like it was focused. Like it wasn't just a bunch of needless crap everywhere, like just sprawled out. Like it, you felt like it was focused and they built everything to take advantage of parkour. And I was like, okay, this is actually really impressive. But overall, I just wasn't really gelling with the game, uh, especially with the whole nighttime zombies deal. I was like, ah, I know I'm supposed to be scared and tense because they're stronger, but I feel like it's more of an inconvenience and annoyance than anything else. But you know that was that was just my problem with the with, with the game. Yeah, but you ready to move on to our next story? Oh man! But Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium later this month. And surprise, surprise, the game is also releasing on Xbox in April, April twelfth to be exact. And in fact, it will be heading to Xbox Series XS and xbox game pass so xbox fans get ready it is finally happening the xbox release will also coincide with a major update for the game called spider's thread here's a brief description of the spider's thread update from the xbox wire post about the game coming to xbox and game pass quote ghostwire tokyo will arrive with the free spider's thread update adding a multitude of enhancements to the single-player hit, including additional areas to explore, new story cutscenes, quality of life improvements, a bonus game mode, and more. End quote. It should be noted that Ghostwire Tokyo is also coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on March 21st. Here is a synopsis for the game courtesy of the PlayStation blog post revealing March's slate of PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium games. Quote, Tokyo is overrun by deadly supernatural forces perpetrated by the dangerous occultists, causing Tokyo's population to vanish in an instant. Allied with the powerful spectral entity on their quest for vengeance and wield a combination of upgraded elemental powers and ghost hunting skills to combat the supernatural threat. Feel the power of your supernatural skills firsthand with unique haptic feedback and adaptive triggers for every combat ability and explore a rain-soaked Tokyo stunningly rendered by PS5's next-gen ray tracing technology. End quote. Taylor, what are your thoughts on this news? I think that's pretty cool, and I think it's very fucking hilarious whenever you think about the ongoing Activision Blizzard Xbox and Sony <laughs> talks. That's yeah. the only time I'm going to reference it. But it is fucking sure? hilarious what happened this week. And then this story comes out, and you're like, huh, a timed exclusive, eh? How much you pay for that, Sony? <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. But besides the yeah. point, this is really cool news. It's going to end up on Game Pass and PS Plus Extra and Premium. It's a win for gamers all around. I get to finally play this game. Get to see if it's any good. I actually haven't heard a lot of buzz around this game. Yeah, the most I've heard was how disappointing it was. Damn it, Michael. I had no buzz about this game. And then you go immediately afterwards. I heard it was disappointing. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm always here to spoil your fun. Uh, no, but uh, from from some of the buzz that I've heard from the game, uh, people really love the art style, uh, the characters that's in the game. They enjoy running around like certain part of Tokyo. I forget which side of Tokyo uh, you run. I don't know the prefecture. Uh, but they find it very interesting because it feels like, how was it, Fatal Frame-ish? Without it being Fatal Frame. It's like Fatal Frame for people who like shooters, I guess. <laughs> if that's your thing, if you don't, 
if you can't if you're like me you can't play horror games but you want to shoot the ghosts like yeah this game is kind of for you so i'm looking forward to it myself yeah but also like i also like how sony really tried to hype this up like oh it's coming to xbox fuck that man the hat the feedback. feedback yeah active trigger hey, we love the PS- ps5 we talked about oh this no yeah many times. yeah i PS5 have a ps5 so yeah yeah but sony just like like rain soap tokyo rendered in ps5 next gen ray tracing it's like dang bro you sell that <laughs> yeah because the news <laughs> came out about it going to game pass very close to yeah. playstation announcing it's going to be on ps plus it is funny how the description for it on the ps plus blog or not the ps plus the playstation blog and which is expected by the way but it's just funny like oh yeah. the haptic feedback and basically going this is the best play to play goes where yeah it's on the man, ps5 it's, it's like, a good job selling it, though. I'll give them that. <laughs> no, they are. No, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It's like, Game Pass? <laughs> Screw that. Bro, just get PlayStation Extra or Premium. Hey, if you got both, I'd argue possibly playing it on the PS5, though, because of the controller. So. Oh, yeah, I, I would. Honestly, if I had Game Pass yeah. and uh, Extra or Premium, yeah, I'd, I would have I would have used my Extra or Premium on my PS5. I'm sorry, Xbox, but it's true. Just for the triggers, uh, the adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, yeah, no. I don't think there's any multiplayer either, so it's just purely a single-player game, I believe. Yep. So that's, man, Sony, that that, that was a hell of a way to sell it. That was awesome. That was a nice, <laughs> nice little paragraph there. But yeah, man, I'm excited for it. I'm more ready to see if this game is any good. I knew nothing about it until you decided to just you know, bury it right after I said that. It went like, I don't know, it's fucking horrible. Why are you even going to waste your time on it? You really going to play this piece of crap, man? Yeah. Why don't you go you back to playing dis- Destiny? <laughs> you going to waste your disc space on this? Oh, man. But, you know, people... I guess people are a little disappointed by Ghostwire Tokyo, according to Michael. Don't quote me here. Blame Michael if he's wrong. <laughs> but you know what people aren't disappointed in? What's that? Dead Island 2. Man, the surprise, surprise of the year. Oh, my goodness. So let's end our news coverage this week by talking about Dead Island 2. VGC had an interview with Dan Buster Studios technical art director Dan Evan Laws about the studio's experience making the game, the turmoil during development, and the game's time in development hell. VGC asked exactly how much was left in from the previous developer, first Jaeger Development and then Sumo Digital. Here's what Evan Laws had to say. Quote, it was basically a complete restart. There were some things that had been communicated out already. The Los Angeles settings and things like that. And when we looked at it, the settings was something we definitely did want to keep. We felt that it was an opportunity to have a really crazy, diverse cast of characters. And also, it's a very iconic location. So obviously, we wanted to keep that. Other than that, it was totally from scratch. End quote. If you're interested in Dead Island 2, we recommend you check out this VGC interview because there are a lot of interesting quotes here, and it's also a preview of the game as well. We may also talk about some things not mentioned in this blurb, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. The last big quote I want to end this write-up on is when VGC asked Evan Laws, quote, how he felt about working on a game that has the stigma of being developed for 11 years, through no fault of damn busters, end quote. Here's what the developer had to say. Quote, it definitely concerned us at the start. 
I remember when we took the project on, I was thinking, is this a poison chalice? You know what I mean? I think though that once we announced the game, people were interested because they knew it had been in development hell for however long. And I think people were expecting it to be terrible. And so we were, and so, and so we're presently surprised when it wasn't. And I kind of feel like it's actually given us quite a lot of goodwill in the end, but that's obviously reliant on people liking the game. But as long as they do, which I think they will, then I don't think it's a bad thing at all, end quote. Taylor, what did you make of this interview slash preview? And is Dead Island 2 officially this podcast most anticipated game of the year? I think I can make this statement here. Dead Island 2 is officially Power Up in Games most anticipated game of the year. Would you agree with this? Sadly, yes. This game looks great. I'm surprised. Why does it look good? Like I, I'm so surprised. <laughs> like, dude, Evan Laws' statements here ring this so true. Should, like, yeah, this game should not work. They ring so true when he was like, oh, we're kind of worried at the start, and then the game got reannounced, and everybody was excited. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Like The way I read that was like it was said in shock. I'm not sure if that was the tone, but that's the way I read it was like, we didn't anticipate the game being this well-received, but here we are. So I don't know, man. This kind of just feels like the underdog game of the year. I'm not saying game of the year is in quality like it's going to win the award. I'm saying uh, the underdog game of the year, like the game that nobody expected to be good. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, like I was excited for Redfall. That was my anticipated game. And then Redfall dropped the ball. There was Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, there's Starfield, man. there's a lot of great games, Marvel, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then of course, uh, well, we decided that, oh, we're going to have our own presentations, we're going to have our own blah, blah, blah. And then Dead Island 2 comes like, yeah, no, we're just going to show you a bunch of gameplay. Here you go. We're not going to make a big deal out of it. Here's, uh, here's 15, 20 minutes of gameplay, and here's our in-depth explanation of it go wild like oh oh you, you have that much confidence like yeah <laughs> you guys already thought it was gonna be terrible anyway so uh you know we're gonna swing for defenses and man i'm telling right now swing swing away because dead island 2 looks so much fun and so far there's there's nothing that's spoiling so far there's no battle pass microtransaction always online crap and so far it seems like it's gonna be a fun single player with the chance to be co-op fun. And I hope it stays that way. This looks awesome. Please, please don't redfall this up for me. Please. Dude, the flesh system looks very fun. Some of the stuff cool. in this preview, like when they were talking about it, you're like, shit, this is actually way more in-depth than I expected it to be. Uh, whenever like, talking about like the missions, they seem unique. The characters don't seem to be... I, there's a fine line between eccentric and annoying. And it seems like yeah. they're going to just walk that line the entire game. Let's hope. So, uh, yeah, man. I think just everything from this game seems to be a hit for me so far. Um, I think they said that there are six playable characters in this preview. Yeah. And we've seen two of them, technically. After choosing your character from a selection of six, each has their own strengths and weaknesses, as well as their own unique perks that gain over the course of the game. Okay. So, yeah, man, this is just... All of it seems to be just right up my alley every time something from this game comes up. 
But Michael, what are your thoughts on the rest of this preview here that we didn't really talk about yet? Also, I just want to note that while I'm looking at the VGC preview, they have the embed of the gameplay showcase, and the Wolverine Claws just came back up. That's going to be that's going to be the weapon of the year. It should be. If it's not, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> what if it's just yeah. terrible to use? Oh man, it, then it's going to be the worst game of the year. It's going to be remembered as the game that ruined Wolverine Claws. And then we're going to wait for uh, Zomniac Games to release their Wolverine. And then people are going to bring it back up and be like, See, Dead Island, this is how you do Wolverine. What are your thoughts on the rest of this preview? Uh, I don't think there's much else they need to show, to be honest. I agree. I think this is enough. Like, reading about it a little bit more and the gameplay we've gotten, I think people can look at it and go, Alright, I'm ready. April. Cannot wait. And hopefully for people who are on the fence, I think this is enough to convince them either this game is for them or they're just going to wait. I think anything more, you're just you're risking the chance of you accidentally showing something that doesn't work or overexposing. Yeah, I, I was thinking overexposing, but uh, overexposure. But yeah, I guess I guess your thing is right. Too. <laughs> yeah, because they show work. another mission with some annoying characters. Then you're going to be going into it with a... Like, already thinking, oh, shit, all right, the last time I saw last, or last time I saw Dead Island 2, it wasn't a good experience. It was annoying. So you're going to go into playing the game thinking that, you know, instead yeah. of the very positive vibes going into this right now. You don't want to screw it up, basically. Yeah, surprisingly enough, uh, that 14, 15, 20-minute preview was more than enough. I'm, I'm like you. I'm sold on this, and the the game is not that far away. It's just a few weeks away. Uh, it's barely a month away, and you're just like, man, we're right there. Please don't screw it up with some stupid announcement. Just please, <laughs> just keep keep doing what you're doing right here. Just show show fun gameplay, and let us have this, please. But uh, yeah, I, I is 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 definitely uh my most. It, Man, oddly enough, as much as I talked crap about Dead Island 1, Dead Island 2 is now one of my most anticipated games of the year. <laughs> and you say that unironically. I do too. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to talk to Jeremy and see if we can get a deep dive discussion. Because, man, oh, man. I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. Ready to get out of here, man. Yes, let's get out of here. Uh, so before we do, though, Taylor... What are you playing? I am still playing Destiny 2, having a blast with it, just building my character. What? I found a great build that is just, it's OP. It is fucking OP. <laughs> I don't die. Michael, I'm just unkillable as a tank titan in Destiny 2. It is awesome. You're, you're going to have to share that secret with uh, everybody. No, this is my build and my build alone. <laughs> That I may have also taken a few cues from from some YouTube videos, and uh, then decided to throw a little bit of my own ideas in there. Okay, nothing wrong with mixing it up. Oh man! As for me, uh, I have been playing Leap. Uh, it's a new game that recently came out. The developers sent me a copy of the game uh, to stream and create content with uh, earlier this week. Well of us recording this podcast 
Uh, I did a four-hour stream of the game. Uh, it's pretty fun. You get these tethers on your side, Attack on Titan style. And it's so cool just to zip around those things with a shotgun. And See, my dumb brain, ornament. when you said, I've been playing Leap, for yeah. some reason my dumb brain went to like this Frogger kind of game. <laughs> Don't know why that's the connection I made, the Leap and Frogger. So it's... Yeah. I'm very glad that it's not what I was picturing in my head because that would have been like four hours in a row. All <laughs> right. I just think Good Frogger. for you, man. I don't know how you got that. <laughs> four hours of Frogger. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Frogger is a legend, all right? You know, it is. It, the Frogger should be respected. But nobody can sit here with a straight face and tell me that they would stream, watch, or listen to anybody playing Frogger for four straight hours. I mean, if it was for charity, I'm pretty sure they would. I don't know, man. I think it depends on charity at that point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when you said you were thinking of something else, I thought you were going to say the anime, uh, The Girl Who Left Through Time. I don't know why. That's where my brain went. No, I'm not a huge anime fan at all, so I have no idea what you're talking about, and that makes this so much better. <laughs> so tell us more about Leap, though, because I, that actually does sound interesting to me. Uh, Leap is actually very community-driven. Uh, developers, it's not a free-to-play game. It's a pay-to-play. It's $30, I believe. And it works for the game because there's no microtransaction. There's no battle pass. It's, it's strictly uh, in-game currency that you can get just from playing the game, from doing contracts and doing well in the game. And it's just so great to see that in a game. I know that's sad to say. Uh, but they could have easily made this a free-to-play microtransaction-filled game. Uh, but, you know, they knew their limits. They knew they didn't have anything that can drive a uh, a live service uh, store. And, you know, they, they made it a one-time pay thing. And I'm, I'm rather enjoying it. Uh, but, yeah, it's community-driven. They allow players uh, to create new modes and to play around with the levels and stuff. So, like, one person can have... Uh, what what they showed was uh, using the te- using the tethers to where they made the old yet very memorable game of the floor is lava, to where you have to keep using those zip lines to uh, zip all over the place and not touch the ground while still shooting at people and getting shot at. So like it's real crazy to do that. And there's one where people use the zip lines kind of like in a race. It's just it's, it's very community driven, and that's what that's what's going to uh, really build up. Uh, for this game, for the game Leap, uh, is great for content. Uh, if you if you're a streamer, small streamer, and you're looking to do something with it, there's not a whole lot of people streaming it at once. So if you want some discoverability, you know Leap is a great way to do it uh, until it catches on in popularity and more people jump onto it. But it is available on Steam via PC. It's on PC via Steam. Uh, it's on Xbox and it's also on PlayStation. So if you have PlayStation 4 or 5 or any of the Xboxes, you could also uh, jump into free. And there is cross-play. So you don't have to worry about a too small of a community. Nice. Yeah. yeah not bad for a new indie studio. I mean, for a, for a small indie studio. Not bad at all. But with that said, let's go ahead and sign out. We will be back next week with more gaming news.